This episode of Elevators is brought to you by NLC Construction. That's Next Level Construction. You can check them out on facebook.com slash buildwithnlc. These guys do amazing work here in Moose Jaw and Regina area here in Saskatchewan. They do everything from concrete to garage packages to exterior finish, anything from siding to decks to uh, fences. Um, I know that you need a new deck. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I had a, a really hard and sturdy deck, but uh, when I got older, um, it just became soft and kind of just it was a shitty deck well let me tell you these guys from nlc will really build you a nice hard firm strong deck oh i love hard decks i love hard decks i need mine stained really bad (laughs) (laughs) follow nlc at facebook.com slash build with nlc uh the owner's name is jason hutchinson he's amazing you can just dm him on facebook or anything, and he will build you the sturdiest, hardest, most fattest, fattest, <laughs> most badass deck you've ever had. Okay, let's get All into right. it. Cheers, cheers. So I'm here with my buddy, Lyndon. Um, I went to high school with him. He's one of my best friends. He's been a friend of mine, I guess, since, fuck, I can't even remember. Um, probably high school. Age. It's been, <laughs> <laughs> it has been forever. Uh, Lyndon is an amazing person, uh, super good person, an amazing dad. He has a family. He kills it. Um, he has been through more tragedy than probably anyone that I have ever met in my life. And I don't know how he still fucking smiles, but he manages to uh, to pull it off. So we this episode is going to be a little bit deeper, and we're going to talk about some really deep shit. And, uh, so I, I think inspirational shit. Absolutely. I would say inspirational. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're just going to get into it, and I really want to know, uh, you know, I want you to tell me what happened that night. Um, so you want to hear from the start, like right from the get go? So I want to know here. Give us, give us a little bit of context into your guys's, uh, high school relationships. I think start oh, from wow. high school. Okay. So like our, our group of buddies, basically, yeah, you're asking. You know, man, yeah. it is really hard to explain because everyone in our high school class were so different. We were friends with everyone. It didn't yeah. matter if you were a, a burnout or a jock or a punk or whatever. Yeah. And I was a punk and you were like. Well, you were the most popular kid in class. Okay, like <laughs> you were though, man. Blowing smoke up my ass. Oh well, it's true though. You were you were one of the most popular guys in school, and um, everyone looked up to you. Everyone loved you, and uh, and I, that that's kind of and and man, are, how great were your parties? Oh Holy God, shit, yeah. epic! <laughs> Did we ever get her done? Let me tell you, <laughs> the drop kick off the roof to Sean Holmes, eh? Oh jeez intense um linden he's been through a lot of tragedy and we are here to really talk about it um we're here to be inspired linden has a pretty amazing story he's uh he's an incredible guy so um take me through the night man where it all kind of changed for you okay well it uh you know i was bouncing at the bk lounge you know, working at Burger King and, uh, <laughs> and you God, know, man, those whoppers, they're hard to fight <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love them. Um, but, uh, 
you should get that sponsored by the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how, no. how old are you? What year was this? Uh, this was in 2005. Yeah. And so we had just graduated. Yeah, we were barely 18. Yeah, barely 18. And I was working a day shift. Uh, Josh was actually working with me that day. And uh, he got off at like 3.30. And I was supposed to get off at 6. And got stuck there until about 6.30. And our original plan of the evening was um, we were actually going to rip to Medicine Hat. Because, you know, a couple of people had moved to Medicine Hat for school. And... uh, and we're like, well, let's go visit them. Let's go up and party. Let's, you know, and uh, so whatever. I got off work and, you know, Josh met me at Burger King and jumped in the car, went home, showered up, got cleaned up. And then uh, and it ended up falling through that we weren't going to go to Medicine Hat because, you know, it's three and a half hour drive. Didn't feel like going too far. And, you know, Barkley was having one of his, you know, little get togethers and shit. So we were, uh, yeah, (laughs) you know, the basement banger. Oh yeah. And, uh, and so we went, we were just heading over to Barkley's house and, uh, you know, just the, just the usual, like it was nothing out of the ordinary. It was, uh, just another get together with our friends, you know, like random night. Yeah. You know, everyone was there. We were, you know shooting the shit drinking a couple beers here and there and <laughs> the usual right and uh and yeah. then um by that time a, a few of our friends had turned 19 so they were in the bars already and some of us were still 18 and uh they you know so whatever anyways he got a phone call that night that uh, one of our buddies got and was getting gonna get into a fight at the bar and you know so we you were like, well, let's try go. Let's go. Let's go yeah, get into yeah. the bar tonight, you know. And uh, and we're eighteen at this time. Yeah, right? we're yeah we're eighteen, and so we you know piled into a car and we headed down to the Rock and Royal on River there, and uh, and you know and ended up not being a fight, and we managed to weasel our way in past uh, the bouncers. And yeah, we, you know, hung out with a couple of the friends that were there and, you know, just kind of kept a low profile while we were there and, uh, you know, running into people like what you do at a bar, you're having we, drinks. Talking champions? No, not, not this champ, is the Royal, not, man. not uh, champ sports bar. This is rock and Royal with the light crazy. up dance floor, right? Holy you know, it was, shit. it was, it was lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, you know, like I said, there was nothing too crazy, nothing, nothing fancy about it. It was just another night out with the friends and stuff like that. And then uh, we had, after the end, the bar was closing and we, as a group of friends, we had a sober driver, like um, we were leaving the bar and we like, hey, let's head up to BK. I got my staff discount. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go crush some beans. Good old five, $5 <laughs> uh, what, what oh. What that was that? Yeah, and uh, you know, you know, a couple five dollar whoppers, and uh, and you know, smash those in your gut, and and uh, and some somewhere along the lines, we had met this group of Australians that were I don't know what they were visiting Mooshaw for or whatever, but they were staying at the Heritage yeah, yeah. up on um, Main Street there. I think that's right, Main Street, whatever. And uh, they told us come back party with us, come back party. So. After Burger King, we're like, let's rip up to the Heritage and, you know, piled in the car again, went up there and didn't even get in the door. Like the yeah, yeah. security just like, no, too many people in one room, like the header home. So anyways, that was basically the end of the night. We, uh, <laughs> it had been a couple hours since any of us had even had a beer 
and uh, we um, the original plan was actually we were gonna all stay at my house. You know, it was just kind of classic stay at Lyndon's house, sleep on the yeah. you know hide a bed and pile in there, and we'll all you know get up and go for a shitty's breakfast. And, yeah. uh, and the last time I stayed at your house, actually, Josh put a lighter and lit it in my nose and so your I, nose hairs. So I breathed it in. Yeah. <laughs> He literally yeah, he, he got put it. a lighter, lit that. it yeah. in my nostril, <laughs> so I Your breathe schnoz. it in my brain oh and my light God. up all my fucking nose hairs. Yeah. Classic. That, that what a good time. A lot. That was, yeah. Yeah. So I'm so o- fucking stupid. I'm okay now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was just from the lighter. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, so, but anyways, um, a few of the other people that were in the car, they decided, you know, kind of last minute that, you know what, uh, I got some some stuff to do tomorrow i'm just gonna go home so we made the, you know made our routes and we dropped off you know i think there was two other people prior to heading back to barclay's house where my vehicle was and uh and f- for people that don't know um moose jaw mike's house was about five blocks from my house in one direction and if you went the other direction it was about 12 blocks you know because you'd have to go backtrack and anyways i uh i when we got back to barclay's house i had said you know you know i haven't had a beer in a couple hours like i'm i'm going right there you know and little did i know that that'd be in my opinion my longest drive home i uh like i said i took the long route and i um went down ninth avenue and I turned onto Duffield Street and and I was speeding and I remember speeding and um Who's uh, in the car with you? So oh sorry, at this point I had been dropped off and then it was just Josh and I and Josh was gonna stay at my house. So mm-hmm. and anyways, um on this street on Duffield, uh at one of the intersections, I had driven down this street before and and I remembered um this one intersection, they had just repaved it and the last time I went over it going 20 kilometers, yeah. my car bottomed out and, and I had my, you know, my new car at the time and I was all pumped about it. And of course, that's why I was quite heavy on the pedal and, you know, but I had bottomed out and I, w- I didn't want that to happen. So the the last thing I remember was uh, going over that bump and veering to the right so that I would go down this bump at an angle and that's when it happened. It, I, I don't know if I had, like, I don't know police report wise or what that I had hit the curb or, uh, what that had caused the car to spin out and lose control. And, uh, and next thing you know, what I, I woke up in my car, I was upside down and I was actually, um, I was coughing on my own blood and, and I didn't realize I was up, upside down at the time. I, I uh, unbuckled my seatbelt and I fell to the roof of my car. And that's when I realized I was upside down and I didn't, um, didn't register that I was in an accident and, and I got out of my car and I looked and I'm like, Oh my God, I am in so much trouble. I just destroyed my car. And then when did, and uh, then, um, when did you see Josh in that moment? The was, second I, 
stepped out of the car like that was my first and i don't like i don't know just the shock or the trauma that made me think my car is wrecked but then immediately after that i ran to the passenger side and and um that's where the car had hit the post was on the passenger side and i was pulling on the door and trying to because i wanted to get him out I, I i had to know if he was okay and i was pulling on the door and obviously the door wasn't going to open it was completely destroyed mm-hmm. and um that's when i uh started yelling for help and i just i felt so helpless at that time because it's you know 3 30 in the morning or whatever it was at this point and i uh i was i started running up the houses banging on the doors trying to find someone to like help you help me like i didn't you know cell phones weren't very popular at the time and mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah they just the, came out i think yeah, yeah like you know the old motorola flip or whatever yeah, and yeah. uh and i i you know obviously my head wasn't working right and i was you, you know were so in I, shock. I went back to the car and i was trying to open the door and i was screaming for help and 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 before i knew it i don't know if i was unconscious for a long time or what but it didn't seem like a long time because the police arrived Mm-hmm. And then almost seconds after the ambulance arrived and I, uh, when you're, um, yeah. And when you're getting out of that car, when you know it's flipped over and you have, I guess, well, your best friend, right at the time. Yeah. When you're getting out of that car, what's your thought? What are you, what are you thinking as you're, I guess, running to the houses and trying to bang on the doors and, um, are, is 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 the inevitable even in your eyes or are you thinking more so I just got to call the cops or you're in shock and you don't really know how to put it into words? A bit of both. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew I was I was feeling like obviously I was in trouble. I had done something horrible and and I couldn't stop thinking about Josh, because he wasn't responding to me. He mm-hmm. wasn't, uh, I could just see him there in the car and I, you know, I, I, you could I, just, I, you I, I needed to hear his voice because I knew that it was very bad. And, uh, and like I said, it, it, I don't know if it just didn't phase me or what. It just, um, it's just a situation you can't really explain. Yeah. You, you know, no one, you, there's no way in life to prepare for something like that. Like, even if you're, if you're an offender bender or anything, like, you you know, you don't know, no one knows how to react immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, so then, so then the ambulance comes. So the ambulance come or came, sorry. And then, um, shortly after the fire came because they had to use the jaws of life to get Josh out of the vehicle. And then meanwhile, um, they put me in the front seat of the ambulance and, uh, I had one paramedic talking to me to like, they were obviously more preoccupied with Josh because I was walking and I was mobile and I was talking and I was explaining to them and Um, what had happened. At the time you had broken your jaw too, right? Um, yeah. And like, and this point, like I, well, I didn't even know I broke my jaw. I didn't even know you were still in shock. You were talking and I was, I didn't know the severity of any of my injuries at the time. I just, I just, I was more preoccupied by Josh. I needed to just make sure that all was good. Yeah. I need like, I, I, that's all I could say is I'm like, I'm like, 
what like what's, what's happening with Josh? What's happening with Josh? And like while they were, and so then I was just by myself in the front, and I just remember shaking, and and there was you know you see all the police lights and the, uh, Jesus, and all the emergency response crew and Musha there, and and so intense, man. And then of course once they got Josh in the vehicle, um, all hands on deck, they had a. Uh, a firefighter had come back there with him and the police officer was in there as well and uh, and they rushed us to the hospital and then that's um, one of the last times like like they'd put me in a room and uh, like they'd walked me to a room because I was able to walk still and then I just saw Josh go by in the stretcher and that's so uh, it sticks in my memory so much that like I just all I could say to myself is, look what I've done. That uh, Look at the severity of this. It was really sinking in at that moment when I saw him going through the hallway, like right past me while I'm standing there. <clears throat> what, what, in my eyes, fine. Like, there was nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I didn't, uh, you know, and... and it, was just something that, stretcher, so. it was just something that you did at that time where you were like, holy shit. Yeah. So when you saw him in the stretcher, like, what was kind of going through your mind at that point did you is that when you kind of start to understand the degree of severity of the situation or did it still seem like everything was gonna kind of go turn out okay Uh, at that point i i knew the severity of it like obviously he was hurt i didn't know the extent of his injuries like i hadn't heard from like a nurse or a doctor that had assessed him or whatever yet and uh and but it was I, I I don't even know how to word it properly because it was just so much emotion and so much um, stuff going on. At I that don't moment. think there's and, any way to even word it. I mean, you felt it, yeah, right? And it's just, it takes over. Like you're, it's, it's immediately sinking in. And, and I don't know if you ever, you guys have obviously fought your brothers mm-hmm. and you've hurt one another and... Well, you, he, you, you've hurt him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I <laughs> and, uh, and you, you know, you feel remorse afterwards, and you want to apologize to them. But at this point, I couldn't even do that because he was yeah. unconscious, and you, obviously, you're, you know, you, I, yeah, I, like I said, it's just That's, an overwhelming emotion that you can't even describe. Can't so, imagine. So when you saw him go by on the stretcher, what time of the morning was this? Was this super early? It had to have been, hey. Like it was um, talking like five a.m. It was, yeah. No, it wasn't uh, that late because, um, as a matter of fact, it was my mom's birthday, and I, uh, and she got the call, and I remember her saying, "It's not a, a way to wake up on your birthday, hearing that your son's in the hospital." And it was about three thirty-four, I think. So, yeah. So. So when did you find out? Um, when did you find out what had what had happened from that accident? Like the extent of his injuries. Um, well, while I was in the um, in my bed in the emergency room, there they had uh, every time a nurse came in to you know they would check my vitals and uh, they'd given me some I, I morphine maybe morphine, or uh, for pain. I don't even know. And then. Uh, I had asked them every single time and they said, uh, we don't know yet. Um, and then a doctor had come in to see me and like, he wanted to assess my jaw because he knew that 
because I had knocked a tooth out or something. He'd mm-hmm. seen it because there's so much blood. He wanted to look at it. And uh, he just said that uh, um, as of right now, they've intubated him. And they're uh, because his, uh, I think it was lungs had stopped like because he wasn't breathing by himself mm-hmm. and uh and that's when i knew that it wasn't good it was obviously not good and then shortly after my my mom and dad had both shown up and when i saw them uh walk in the door that's when i don't know why but that's when i really that's when i started to cry because when you see someone that's close to you or a friend or family when oh, for sure. someone you can be vulnerable to that's yep. when you like break down I find I think that's when maybe it hits right because they're there they came yeah. because they know the severity of it they know you're right and so intense man and uh and yeah and they obviously um they were inquiring as well like the status of Josh and uh and and yeah, and eventually they it wasn't, I don't think it was much long after that before they had to rush him to Regina. So, um, and, uh, Jesus. yeah, and I, you know, and, and like I said, it was just, and then by this point, like, so of course, nurses were coming in to see me and every five, did you, did you at all have someone that was coming to you and actually giving you an honest opinion or or did you just have nurses kind of flowing in your room being like we don't know nothing yet we don't know what the fuck's going on all that shit it was there a time at all where someone came in and actually gave you news like a human being yeah no they and they did a really good job too like because obviously like hospitals not huge but they they knew what was going on because it's a small emergency room or whatever but um once i had finally asked like or once like, my parents got their like really quick or whatever and then but uh they did they, they were straight up they just they said it's not looking good they like i said they he wasn't uh um he's not conscious right now he uh his vitals like he was crashing um i don't remember if they had to go into surgery in mushra before but i know that they uh, it was shortly after they had to take him to Regina, and that's when again I and here I am, it's still in Moose Jaw, mm-hmm. feeling helpless because I'm, you know, yeah, he's there, and I I need I wanted to see him and I wanted to, and then it wasn't long after that when they had told me that uh, my jaw was broken and they needed to put me in. I was in an oxygen tent for like not very long, just over the night, like just to keep my um because i have asthma my lungs but i had a couple not i don't think fractured ribs and bruised ribs so my breathing was really bad but then they wanted to uh do surgery on my jaw because it was broken and i couldn't they uh couldn't obviously talk properly yeah they wanted to get it fixed as soon as possible but then so they i had to go to regina as well and we ended i was my parents were able to drive me and i was just uh sitting in the back seat of the car and i can't believe that man after all of that you have to that. you have to go to the hospital in the back seat of a fucking vehicle well yeah you know but at the same no time, no no you know, I, I get it yeah i well, totally I understand yeah. but like at the same time that's got to be so intense like just man. that 45 minute drive yeah. of you just like sitting there going over it a million times that's 
you know, and you're just sitting in anticipation, basically you're like a sitting duck waiting to know because you already know it's bad and you're just going to see it get worse. And, and so, so did you guys go to the same hospital? Yeah, we were in the same hospital and, uh, and so did you get, you end up in the same hospital that night kind of randomly. Did you get the news after your jaw surgery or before? No, just take us through the next day. Take us through that whole day. Yeah. Um, well it's, it is a little bit hazy. Like I was a lot of stuff happened that day. Like there was, um, immediately, um, Josh's, uh, um, his status was decreasing. Like it was obviously not looking good. There was a lot of visitors, like his family had showed up and his brothers and, and, um, a lot of oh, friends, we were all there. All, all of our friends had showed up. Everyone and, was there like in and, support of you and him. Yeah. Like, we when did you find you out? Tone? Uh, I found out, well, I thought that I had found out a jam and I'm pretty sure that I was jamming or playing. And then I, I had found out and I just happened to be in, uh, Regina at the time. Right. And when I found out, I just rushed to the hospital. And at the time, uh, we were really close and I mean, we still are, but just in a different way, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but at the time, um, I was, I think I, I was just, uh, like, holy shit that, that, I mean, I was young, that shit's never happened to me. I don't know how to process like a friend being in trouble and right. in that kind of a, a stage. Yeah. I feel but like that was the first like major tragedy that happened in sort of like my lifetime at that point yeah and i feel like yeah i just got there and i didn't know what to expect i just remember going in the room and then so that the accident happened on the seventh right uh or was it the sixth no it was um it was the early morning of the sixth of the sixth and by that it was and he had passed away like final word that they were taking him off life support was on the 7th and um and i went into surgery i this i i, I don't again it's I'm, hazy I'm sure it, it is hazy um and it's been a long time um but i i'm pretty sure it has been a long time you were yeah. we're 31 now i mean that was it's 2018 that was 10 years ago yeah, yeah. It was 13 years ago right and um and I, I honestly, I, like, I remember coming out of surgery, but I don't remember if I like, cause I did get to say bye to Josh and I got to see him while he was, you know, lying in the hospital bed there and, you know, and surrounded by f- family and friends, but I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I should remember, but I, I don't. And, uh, what's that moment like? Being did, in there. did you know, dude? Did you know you were saying goodbye to him when you were there for the last time, or was it just, uh, yes. like, did you know he was going to be taken off life support? I, I believe so, and because I, I remember seeing Josh's little brother. He was sitting in the hallway, and uh, and he had said to me, he's just like, he's going to be fine. He's it's Josh. Like, yeah, he's going to be fine. Like, don't Resilient like, as hell. you know, and, and then I, when I went into the room, um, I just asked if I could just be with him by myself for a minute. And, uh, and I just sat there on the side of the bed and I, you know, all you can hear is the whirring and the whistling of the machines. And yeah, yeah. that sound is deafening to hear now. When yeah, you, yeah. If you ever go to a hospital and you just, 
there's reasons you hate hospitals because there's nothing good come of them, right? But obviously, well, not nothing good comes of them. But yeah, yeah. but when you hear that kind of stuff, it's just it sits in your mind. It's a perspective, right? Right. I mean, good shit comes out of hospital, but your experiences, right? So, and uh, and I did, like I said, I sat beside the bed there, and I just. I remember saying like, I, I, I wasn't apologetic at the time. I was more just like, like don't uh, go. Don't right. That's exactly it. I was just like, you're like, you'll get better. You'll, I'll be by your side forever. Like no matter everything what. will be cool. Just a, right. almost in like disbelief. Exactly. The situation. Well, I think no. it's just like, almost like you talk to a bud, you know, like, right. come on, man. Well, you know, let's get through this. Yeah. At that point, all you really have left is like optimism, right? Like I can't, I cannot begin to imagine the feeling of, of, of that though. Uh, um, no. the, like waking up the next day, like the morning after when you woke up and you kind of found out what was going on, what had happened. Um, you know what? I, uh, like, I, I actually don't remember if, he had passed away prior to me going into surgery or not. I, but you know, cause I, you're, I was on medications and there were so many people yeah, yeah. around and everything like that. Chaotic and, uh, as fuck, exactly. Your, your whole mind's a mess. But then, um, I don't remember if I was told that they, that he had passed prior, prior to me, um, going into surgery. But I, I do remember like after my surgery, cause I got put in under, that when I woke up, I just, I knew, I, I knew that, um, things are different now. Josh is gone. Um, uh, you know, like I just, where, where, where do I go from here? Like, I just, who gave you the, uh, who, who told you, do you remember? Or is it just kind of a blur or uh, the nurses or doctors? No. It, you know what? I don't actually remember who told me you know that i had just uh because there was there was so, so many there were so many people there and it was it was very intense it was um i think like what makes it so intense when i think about it is that you weren't able to just sort of mourn the loss because you probably i'm assuming felt a level of responsibility in the whole situation as well so you had to sort of like feel both of these things at once amidst all the chaos of everything and you're right that's exactly it it i um you know because i knew that things were going to happen differently now and i knew i was in a lot of trouble i knew um there was you know people coming they they everyone was wanting to show their support and that they cared and um i'm curious in in that situation um in that particular situation, how long does it take for the law to become involved or like how long did it take for the police or people to approach you about the whole situation? Oh, they were, they were in there like a dirty shirt. Like they, straight away. I, 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 so intense, man. They were asking me questions and taking, I know blood samples and whatnot for like blood alcohol content. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they sort of have to, and it is, it is their job. Right. And I understand that. And, um, it's just so fucked that you can't like sit there and mourn your friend. Like your, your best friend in life just passes and you can't even 
yeah and the, and he like i remember the officer he'd come in and he had he had told me like you know what uh charges i was facing and they actually um placed me under arrest in the hospital but because of my condition i couldn't obviously go to jail Jesus. at the point and um and the, you know like i said he read me read me my rights and he you know, to, told me the extent of the charges I was facing and whatnot, and uh, oh my like god, I said, that was man. I think I, I, that was while I was still in Musha, actually. You're so fucking young too at this right? point, man. Oh like, man, like, just freshly turned eighteen, I'm assuming. Yeah, like we uh, like July, I turned eighteen. Oh and, damn, you know, that's so crazy. Like how do you we even all prom- we all make stupid fucking mistakes as kids, as eighteen year old kids, all the time, man. And we get lucky, I think, to not make that type of mistake right like any of us could have made a mistake like that anyone it's just kids i'm surprised right? i haven't that's crazy man it's yeah so fucking 30, crazy. 30 year old kid right here yes yeah, yeah exactly you nailed it <laughs> but that's uh that man that is so crazy that you went through that and that you got read your rights you didn't even have the time to process grieving and I mean, have have you like since seen anyone for it? Like, do you talk? Like, is this the most you've ever talked about that? Uh, that night in detail. A hundred percent, it is. Yeah, I uh, after like the recovery, like when I had finally got home from the hospital. Um, you know, Josh's funeral was you know a couple days later, and um. You know, I was still talking with Aaron and I, and, but I, afterwards, after all that, I had, I, I did see a grief counselor for a while because I was having, yeah you know, issues sleeping. I was having issues being awake. I, I, I was, and I was recommended and this lady's a saint. Her name was Della Ferguson. She's here out of Moose Jaw. Nice. And, um, and just the sound of her voice, she was just so calm and, mm-hmm. and, um, I, she was actually one of the only people I've wanted to talk to at some points, you know, like a lot of people would ask questions and I couldn't and didn't really want to give them answers, you know, but yeah. with her, I just I felt, felt like open, like I could be, I could say what was actually yeah, what I was felt. feeling at the time. Right. So, um, yeah, God bless her. Yeah, man. Amazing. But, yeah. So then like. I'm kind of curious too, like how was your circle of friends? Cause it's weird. Cause it's a huge circle of friends and they're all friends with both you and Josh. Like right. what was the level of like either support or did you ever maybe receive any like negative things from friends or was it all positive support? Um, from what I know and what I experienced from my friends, they all supported me a hundred percent and they continue to do so to this day, you know, we still do our, uh, the annual Josh Stewart bowl, which, you know, I cherish going to, um, you know, because obviously it'd be a lot better if we were still doing the remembrance day classic, but now we're doing it for Josh, Josh right. Josh, yeah. But it's still good to see, you know, and it's just the comfort and support I still see from my friends all the time. And, uh, you know, even right around the accident, they were always by the house. They were always coming by to just, you know, cause I, I hated being alone. I, you know, I wanted to be, um, I distracted. just uh, distract, yeah, distracted and I needed to consumed be consumed by like vibes. 
right by friends exactly and um you know and i i couldn't watch tv because it just seemed mindless but i needed to like even if i wasn't talking or saying anything i just had to feel somebody else in the room i you know and and yeah like and i i don't like i like i said i don't feel like i had any negative vibes like i don't recall everyone was so supportive of you and 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 it's cool to even uh, think about that, that, you know, in such a tragedy and, 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 and in a mistake that, you know, that we all could have easily made in our life right. that we, that we all kind of binded together and, and supported one another. And I mean, friends are like that. And, um, Josh's parents, I, I want to know uh, when you kind of first had to talk to Josh's parents, um, after the accident and after Josh had passed away, I want, um, what was it like, you know, seeing Josh's mom and seeing Josh's pops and everything? Um, well, I, to be honest, I don't remember the first time I had seen her, but every time I see her, I, um, I don't get nervous, but I, I, I I don't even know how to word it. There's there's just like a, a feeling that dude the, you don't the, even need to word it man that was right it's just we totally get it and so is that is that still happens to this day yeah like i i Crazy. see sandra i wish i saw her more but it, it was I, I see her once every year at least at the stewart bowl and you know i and but every time i do see her i just i just want to hug her and dude what there's, is- there's nothing i can do now but it just i want to I want her to continue to give me the love and support that she does, man, and, and that, she's always doing that, man. Um, and that's the amazing thing that that we all saw as friends was the fact that this tragedy really happened, and she was just so loving to you, yeah. like how how she could go through that and and and, and just still, love you and still accept me with open arms. Um, it, it's yeah. amazing it, it shows like the power of forgiveness the power of like understanding, understanding. who friends yeah. are yeah and 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 the bond that they have and and not even that what josh would have maybe wanted right to happen out of the whole right. situation mm-hmm. you know it shows that like that intensity and and hats off to her and and they, they've just been so amazing and and um, with all the legal stuff after that, it it must have made it a little bit better. So how did that unravel the legal stuff? Well, uh, it wasn't long after. Like I, 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 because my jaw was wired shut for about a month, and I don't think I went to court with the, my mouth wired, wired shut. shut. I don't think, anyways. But I did have a few appearances. They wanted to. Obviously, I wasn't going to fight it. I knew I was guilty. I I wasn't scared to admit it. I wasn't ex- scared to accept my consequences. I was ready to, you know, take what was ever given to me by the courts and whatever. So I, you know, like I said, I made my appearances in court and we all, we couldn't afford a lawyer. Like, so we just had the public defender, I believe it's, it is. And, um, and like I said, I just, I told him, I'm like, I admit a guilt. I'm, I'm ready to accept whatever consequence. And, um, and, and I think with the help of, again, the Stewart family and other friends, families, like 
uh, they had written letters and things um, asking the court for uh, leeway or forgiveness mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, of, and, More and lenient kind of sentencing. Ex- right? Yeah. So, and I originally, I think I was supposed to spend two years in prison, less a day. So they're like one year and 364 days or whatever the heck it mm-hmm. is. And, uh, but with my reduced sentencing, I just got, uh, six, just under seven months of house arrest. And then I had a probation officer for another, I think it was a year and a half after that. So, and, and like I said, it, it didn't take long for the courts to get rolling. I think I, by the time I, you know, court had started and my appearances whatnot, it was, I think it was May mm-hmm. by the time that I was sentenced to house arrest and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. man, I just find it so amazing how, how you and, and Sandra and everyone just kind of binded together. And, and, um, just for the listeners who, who are, um, kind of, um, chiming in here, uh, Josh had a twin brother, Aaron. Right. So, um, which is, I mean, if anyone has a twin listening, I'm sure it's a pretty intense time to, to lose a twin. And Aaron was also a super and still amazing is. person. And yeah, still is. And he's, yeah. He's a wandering gypsy. Yeah. For <laughs> he's sure. all over the place, but yeah. he is a huge uh, bush for <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he's you know does his thing but he's still Aaron like he's yeah, still he's such a good dude and he's like, always you know, been on your side hey and right and with man, open arms too like he how, how were the brothers right from the very beginning how were they with you um from what I recall very accepting and very uh um supportive, supportive. they would every time they saw me, they would never like not talk to me. They would like, I, I'm a, I'm a welder now. And Jesse is also a welder and I mm-hmm. ran into him in school and stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, and he's got a family now too. And so does, um, Adam and, you know, and like yeah. never once have they, uh, shunned me away. They've always, you know, well, I think like it, it, it's, it's weird to say, um, and it might be weird for some listeners who haven't experienced, um, I guess the, the support that you've had after the right. whole situation, but it almost in some weird way kind of brought you a really close with that family, just really close with Aaron and Jesse and, right. and, and, and everyone and Sandra in a way that, that of course is tragic and and nobody wants to experience but i think i think tragedy brings people together mm-hmm. especially it, something like this it it definitely does and i you know like like we said before our our group of friends was a tight-knit group tight. as it is but with after the accident it all it did was bring everyone closer yeah. it just um I remember it really hospital, did, man. You know, you know, you you cherished your your get-togethers more. You you took that many more pictures or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You just you you always. Yep. Yeah, it's it's something that you just never think would ever happen to you in a million years, no. and when it finally does, it sort of puts it all into perspective. Like, holy shit, life is so fragile, and right. this could literally happen at any moment in any given day. And it's crazy how many of us. <laughs> For like with you, man, 
Like we, man, I remember the next day after Josh had passed that night, um, going into the room with you. There were like 20 of us in so that room. So many people in the right. hospital. And, yeah. and you, your jaw was wired shut. And, and all I remember was you writing on a piece of paper. Um, and there were like 20 of us in the room and you're writing yeah. on it. And, and it said, I'm sorry. And you held it up for us to all look at. And I remember like in that moment being like, like we're all in it. We're going to help this guy. Like we right. are like... That is one of the the saddest things I ever experienced in my life for you to hold up that paper and say, I'm sorry to all of us. And you can't even talk. Yeah. And you had just been in an accident with your best friend. I remember like in that moment being like, we're all in this together and we're, we're all going to get through this. And then flash forward three years after that. And, and you are still smiling. I don't know how, how, and, and I know that's difficult and cliche in a way, but I just, I, I, it's crazy because you still had more obstacles to kind of go through. So um, wait, yeah. did you, you did some motivational speaking though too, after that? Yeah. Um, I, with, it was also part of my, I requested it as uh, part of my sentencing. I had said that I would like to do, um, some, public speaking to raise awareness to the effects and causes of like impaired driving. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I went to like all the high schools in, in Moose Shaw and I was even asked to go to, um, Carlisle, Saskatchewan. I was mm -hmm. actually, we were, we lived there for a couple of years back in the day, but, um, family and friends had heard about it and they had asked if we'd come down there and do that as well. And, you know, I had, uh, two close friends with me at the time that would, you know, we had, we had written a song for Josh and, uh, you know, and Chris, yeah, Chris Edwards had yeah, played really guitar yeah. and Kyle had, you know, yeah. helped out with the singing and stuff. And, you know, and we, like I said, we, they came along with me and we, I did the speaking and then we all kind of sang a song and stuff. And it was, uh, and that was That's awesome. And with those, like at those speeches and stuff, like the, um, they did get easier as I like, for one, I suck at public speaking. I don't know if anyone <laughs> witnessed it, but it's, man, uh, I don't know I, how, I was there. dude. I, I saw it, dude. I, I did, I just, I disagree. I didn't think you sucked at all. I thought it was super powerful. And, uh, and, um, man, it, you're like, like first one time. of the most captivating people that anyone could ever know in their life. Like, honestly, I've known you for so long and, and you're just one of those people that Should like you take your dick out so you can suck it now. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> I know, but, I'm, but I'm serious though. Like you are, and no, then sure. you, you did all you that honestly, public speaking and that was, was good man. and that was fucking amazing. Yeah. And then, um, um, obviously Sandra and, and the brothers and everyone in right. Josh's family supported it. And then you end up, um, not serving a sentence or, right. or you end up, I guess, that's a bad way to put it. You end up not serving jail time. Right. Yeah. I got to keep out of jail, which is obviously good. And, uh, it's and crazy cause you got a reduced sentence, but like how, what was the experience like being on house arrest? Because like, really it's almost like a daily reminder of, I guess the oh. same thing would be with jail obviously, but, um, yeah, like with, with house arrest, it was, um, well, I was horrible at making schedules. Actually, I wasn't, was, I am horrible at making schedules, but, uh, with the house, would arrest, your wife contest to that? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, she, and she would agree. Yeah. Um, but we, 
I had to weekly, I had to go in to see my parole officer and I had to schedule what my entire week was Jesus with, um, Christ. you know, anything. Cause I, I was allowed to go to work, which was, you know, which was nice because you got to get out of the get house. At least right? see fucking people. Right. It was exactly an right. Experience you to, society. Did you wear yeah. like an anklet? Yeah. I, I had the, you know, my little black box around my ankle for the, the duration of it. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, and like Crazy you said, man. it was it was a constant reminder, like day in and day out, that yeah. hey, everyone's gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go to the pool, a Kinsman Sportsplex, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, you can't. Hey, you got- <laughs> salute. See you Peace later. Out. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be here, guys. So actually, I, I bought a pool so people would come over. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, good call. <laughs> <laughs> Worked pretty people. good. So yeah, hey, That's I got hilarious. a pool in the backyard. You guys want to come by? Kind That's of thing. Great. So, I, you know, it's yeah. Company was I good, mean, so. obviously though, and then that is like the best case scenario for you right to like it couldn't have worked out any better and then you go into motivational speaking after that yeah um it was during actually during it during so i was on house arrest and again i had to if um like line things up with the schools or whatever and uh and then once i had the schedule and date time for when this the speech was going to be i'd have to coordinate that with my parole officer and because your little black box thing, yeah. you know, it, it, when there was times you were allowed to be away, like your leisure time or whatever, it would, it would know that it didn't have to scan for you or whatever. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, and how did that help you the speaking or did it? Um, I, the, was, did it feel therapeutic at all? It, it definitely did. It, uh, I, I, um, the, the one thing that I'd said to the kids when I was speaking was, just take a look at the person next to you and imagine seeing them and laughing with them. Cause I guarantee that each and every one of you picked a spot in this auditorium beside one of your friends and that you imagine this, seeing them laughing with them, hanging out with them. And then the next day they're gone and to not make the same mistake that I did. And it, the first time I did the speech, at Riverview Collegiate, I, um, that I, is fucking amazing. First off, <laughs> like, holy shit, man. Everyone sits next to their best friend yeah, in an auditorium. Right. Yeah. Well, and, look, keep going. No, so. go ahead. And yeah. it was just that Riverview, first, Collegiate. Riverview Collegiate was the first one I did. And, uh, and I could, I barely finished it because I couldn't get through like i i was crying up there i oh, i could barely even talk because that, that was like my first time mm-hmm. not only like it's because obviously Probably my friends are talking about right it, and, and that's exactly it and it, 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 like i said it got a bit easier as i went to the other ones and and you know but wow yeah and then after all that happened as if of, that wasn't enough yeah as if that wasn't enough you know you're you're just kind of you're moving on from it all Right. And and not moving on, I guess that's kind of the that's learning, not learning to live with you're it. You're learning to kind of live with it, you're learning to accept it. You've done um you've experienced that hard time in your life and then another tragedy kind of strikes your life. Um I guess kind of when things have, you know, started to settle a bit. Yeah, like they, they smoothed out mm-hmm. what I what I had thought and um I you know, like obviously the recovery never ends. I, of course, con- I continue on this day to, and I like to relive it and constantly, yep. um, you know, 
portray it in my lifestyle, I guess I'd say. But um, it was right when you think life is going good, it <laughs> uh, like disaster strikes almost. It's like it was like clockwork almost because I had finally, you know, I'd moved to Regina. I had mm-hmm. got out of Moosha. I had I had taken my. Uh, pointless business course in Prince Albert. <laughs> Dude, how are you in PA, man? Yeah, why that was I in PA? That must have been the worst experience ever, man. Right, you know, and, uh, and but Shout but still, I, but, you know, but the thing is that came out of PA was I, I got set up with my practicum in Regina and I was uh, working cool. at one of the bars and that's where actually I met my girlfriend who's now my wife. Oh, but, amazing. you know, at the time then you're just thinking like, oh, things are, looking up I've, yeah, yeah. I've you know made the step I'm, I'm moved out I've got a little bit of education under my belt totally. I'm living in the big city I guess you'd say and uh and then I get the phone call sorry I get, I get the phone call and it's just your heart drops and immediately you're thinking like um again like what the fuck mm, yeah <laughs> right I I like I don't remember what I was doing that night when I got the first, the, the phone call, but I knew that uh, Dane Cook was in Regina, and I knew that uh, a bunch of guys were in town, like mm-hmm. Moose Jaw Boys were in town yeah, yeah. for that. And I was living with Corey Shelley at the time, and just got back to the house, getting ready to go out. I don't know, I can't remember where I was going, but mm-hmm. I um, yeah, I just got the call that another fucking accident and. He, I had answered and he had just said, uh, Mike's dead. And immediately you're like, you're like, fuck off. You're like, oh you're my pulling God, my leg. Man. Like, you know, like. I couldn't imagine. I, I, I just didn't even know how to take you, it. You're you like. Even, you would just assume it's not real. And, and I, I actually thought he was joking at first and he's just like, no, you got to come home. And I just said, Are you, you're for serious right now. And he's just, uh. He's like, yeah, Mike was killed in a car accident. And I was like, and then I just remember dropping my phone and I just like buckled to the floor. I just, I'm like, and it just felt like something else. Right. You know, and I don't think obviously everyone can, or a lot of people can relate to losing a sibling or a friend or whatever, but it just, it was like floodgates opening up and I, you're, you know, it's just all the shock is coming back. Everything, you know, like again, you don't know how you do, you can't train yourself to be prepared for things like that. No one can, and I, I just obviously you react like your adrenaline kicks in, and you. I was reacting. I just okay. I'll, I'll be home right now. So I just like got in my car, and I was speeding to Moose Jaw, like being erratic, like swerving through traffic. And I remember my girlfriend, my wife, now calling me. And saying like, um, or uh, no, I called her actually. Be, and I just said, I got to go to Musha. My, uh, um, my brother's dead. And she's like, what? Same Jeez. reaction you had. Probably. It, you know, and, and I said, I got to go. And I just hung up on her. Yeah. What year was this, dude? This was in, uh, 2009. Man, it's probably so tough to remember like four the, years later. Shit. I, I, around there right 2009 and then um crazy man and yeah and it was so what what was the accident how how did it happen um my brother mike was doing a courier job so he was uh driving to a lot of rural communities throughout um, saskatchewan and he was on his way back from he was 
westward towards Mushra from, I don't know, whatever little shithole town. And um, he, there was a flatbed truck on the left shoulder of the highway and um just clipped it just yeah it was just it was in you know it was in the the driving lane a little bit too much and i don't know the the way that it was dusk so the sun was going down and um i don't know if he just had sun in his eyes or what and he just didn't see the car and he was dead on impact like he didn't uh nothing you know there was no suffering or anything which is amazing i guess the silver lining right right exactly and then uh and and then it just felt like everything was coming back right (laughs) so you were all back at home and then again the family and friends and then your mom pulled together they they all pulled together again and um the funeral and you know everyone just gets together again and they're just there for the support and it's just continually never ending and Mm -hmm. you know people calling wanting to come see you but you, you sometimes you're just not ready for it and you don't know how to yeah. to deal with it right so but again it just so how do you react to that type of support do you kind of shy away from it a bit and kind of want to be sort of left to your own devices to sort of go through it um, or do you kind of access it when you need it uh that's you know because there there is meat you need you need me time to recover because you need to um feel your own emotions i think and um but at the same time uh nothing is worse than being alone at those times oh, yeah. like yeah. you don't like i even if I, I remember going for a drive with jason afterwards and just like um china I, I remember we were trying to pick a song that we had to play at the funeral mm-hmm. and we weren't even talking to each other. Like we were just driving in like circles and we went on the highway and then we came back Jesus. and just being in the presence of somebody, somebody else. else. Right. And because not that we were overwhelmed by the support at the house, but there was family coming by and, and friends. Did you have to drive around and fucking try and pick That's a funeral so song up, for your man. fucking brother? That'd be the hardest. Right. And I, I just, can't even, <laughs> I can't even think about it. I could not imagine doing it. Right. And, and like, then that happens. And Is Mike the oldest? No, he's second oldest. So there's Jason's youngest, then me, then Daryl, then Mike, then John. Yeah, you got a so, big fam. Yeah. All, boys. All boys. At least your Poor mom's mom. got some loving, great-looking motherfuckers <laughs> to, to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. You, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> so no, Still waiting uh, for you to suck his dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so then from there, yeah, man, it's 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 like never ending for you, hey. Yeah, and then it was uh, not long after it. Um, again, uh, death came knocking at the door, and it it definitely had. Uh, I think with Mike passing, it was an uh, increased amount of stress on my dad because, again, I got the same thing. I was actually coming home for Mother's Day. And, uh, I just picked up steaks. We kind of did this usual, like mother's day, we'd come barbecue up some steaks and have a supper at my mom's house and, or take her out for supper or whatever it was. And I just, you know, live in Regina, I was coming home and, and I, um, I was, uh, on the highway, like to Musha and same thing. I got another phone call from Jason and 
almost the exact same reaction. He just says, dad's dead. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Jesus. Right. And I'm like, and I was like, no, I'm like, he's just like something else. I'm like, I'm like, what? like there's no fucking way. He's just like, yeah, you got to come home. You know, and like, I don't know if he were like that, but he's just like, you got to come home. And so then at, again, at that point, dude, is it almost like a fuck of course reaction or is it like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cause three exactly, times, you know, like, dude, dude, I don't know how, you've done it man like after that that I, must have been the, the you must have how just did been like pass away uh he had a heart attack it was just um fuck i don't know uh, the events leading up to it but it was just uh he was at home it was uh, he'd come out of the bathroom or he was in the bathroom and i don't know if he had just fell that's yeah he fuck. just he had a heart attack in the bathroom and so let's so. talk about that idea then how do you move on from three. all of these tragedies how do you move on from one of them let alone three like yeah like back to back what, man um i i think everyone deals with death differently and everyone deals with life differently but when it comes to things like that where um you you have to remember that we're here to survive and you are who you surround yourself with and i'm again like i said surrounded by like family and friends all the time and with continued support in every way shape and form that if it weren't for them i don't know if i would have pulled through i don't know if i mentally could have handled it there were so many things that would you know trigger the bad memories like i mean even just after josh i would get uh just sudden something would trigger where i yeah. just I overwhelmed with emotion and you would, I just needed to be away from everyone. And I wanted to go, I would, I, it would be two o'clock in the morning and I would want to go to go see Josh's grave. And I just wanted to sit there and just be by myself. And, but Mm -hmm. then there was always somebody, you know, whoever drove me there or, you know, you know, just again, surrounded by the, the, the family and friends and the great people that I, you know, of course, I get yeah. to everyone and, and shoot the shit with, you know, it's yeah. just so like shit. at the beginning or like right after a tragedy happens, like a death, you have the kind of waves of emotion, the ups right. and downs. Does that ever really go away when you go through the things you've been through, or, or is it always kind of going to be like a roller coaster of emotions? Um, I to well i guess you know like for example josh hit me harder than mike hit me and uh, like i'm not saying that mike didn't hit me hard mm-hmm. but my i with josh passing away it's a different you're somewhat intent. equipped for to, that type of grief exactly you're, you know you're you you know how to handle it you know what you have to do and you know what you want to do like you know what you want to um I don't know, go with, go for a beer with a buddy or just, you know, sit and listen to some music or, you know, look at pictures or whatever it is. But I, I knew from experience that that's how I did it. And then, and then as bad as it sounds, it got easier, like death got easier because not only was my dad, but then there was 
like uh, Jen Coke and and another friend of mine yeah. Kelly who had passed mm-hmm. away in shoe shops and stuff like that, and then Brock with his, you know, and yeah, like, Kelly is uh, Brock Prentice is his his really good friend right, too, right? Exactly, yeah. right? And and these things and these people, you know them, and but mm-hmm. it's like I said, it com- becomes easier. You know, you learn how to mourn. I think mm-hmm. that you nailed it on the head when you said that. You know, um, when all of this happened you learn to surround yourself with amazing people. And I think that as, you know, as each tragedy kind of happened, you just knew how to, how to do it. Yeah. And, and right. as you found as, your tools, right? <laughs> That's exactly and it. And as right? sad as it sounds that you have to do that in a way that's gotten you to the amazing person that you are today is because you were able to use those tools, surround yourself with amazing people to live in a way that, that you were happy. And I have no idea how you, <laughs> you managed to do that after the tragedy you faced, but yeah. you're like the happiest, do you, most do you suffer awesome guy any, ever. Like, like mental health things, um, like PTSD or anxiety or anything, or, I don't, I don't think I do by any means. Like, I mean, I'm pretty easygoing. I, I know how to, you know, I, I, what I have adapted to, I, I try to make the best out of the worst scenarios. Like, you know, don't ever stress the small stuff. Like right now, you're, you're trying to make the best of this (laughs) awful scenario. Right. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) but, um, but like I, uh, you know, I want to. I don't even know where I was going. I now I'm just mumbling. No, we're, we're just talking about like, because uh, I feel like if I went through that, man, man I, I would be a fucked up mess. There's no way I'd be able to, uh, to I would, be how you are I with feel, like. I feel kid. like I would definitely have some sort of like PTSD from it, or maybe some type of anxiety. Yeah, like I just think it's amazing for people to know that that after all of that tragedy and that that awful shit that you you have to deal with in life and that the unlucky people in this world who have to deal with a death and 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 one thing after another and no you know at least sunny break for a couple of years. Yeah. I I feel like it's important for people to know that at the end of the day you can fight through that shit. And you can be happy. Life and now can go on. And life can go on. And that like you're married, you have a kid. Yeah. You're you're <laughs> epic. Crazy, dude. You you've managed to like after all this tragedy, really just be happy. Like I've never yeah. I don't even think like I've ever seen you upset at someone. Well, and that's I think one of my I like I was always a happy kid. And I one of the things I do remember of my brother Mike saying to me is I don't know if it was just me going through puberty or what, but I had, uh, he had said to me, he's like, whatever happened, you used to always be smiling. And, uh, and that still sits with me. And I, I, I do remind myself that I, I, there's not enough time in life to be grumpy and mad and, uh, again, sweating the small things you gotta enjoy, well, I, enjoy life. You gotta, you know, like cherish every a, moment, right? I could take a page out of that book. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. much grumpy and upset all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's a dark ass cloud, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> exactly, man. So uh this is kind of like a completely sidetracked question, but I'm just curious, like so what is like partying like after going through something like that? Like how has that changed for you? I know it's kind of like 
seems like a shallow kind of stupid question, but no, but it's important. But I'm, yeah. I'm, cu- I'm curious. I'm just curious what it's like now. Like, like the first time you, you, you know, you're, you're going to buy a case of beer and just get yeah. fucking hammered with your buddies. Like uh, I, yeah. I, I can just hear like an old lady being like, Oh, he should never drink again after like what yeah. happened. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's like you're a kid. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like, your adult life should necessarily be held to some standard. So for me, I'm, I'm just kind of curious of what partying is like now, like how it's changed. Um, well, I, I knew that, uh, right after the accident, I had, um, I was definitely, I wasn't itching to go grab a beer by any means. I, I, I remember the first time I even had a sip of a beer was, um, Josh's birthday. And I, you know, I took my leisure time on host rest at the time and I, I took two cans of Pilsner out to his grave and I, I wasn't even, it was against the law for me to drink. And I said, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a beer with Josh on his birthday, you know, cause what a classic time. <laughs> right. Cool. And, um, and I know that it, like, like you had said that, um, I do know, understand that like what you, I shouldn't drink and, you know, um, but like you said, I, I, I felt like I was, it was a very young time in my life and, um, and not that my friends, we have a toxic relationship by any means, but mm-hmm. a lot of our, um, get togethers are incorporated by dude. We just, are from a, uh, a small town. We like there's nothing know, to do, man. <laughs> right? Get you fucked know, up with the boys and and, out. and um, you know, and it's like like you said, it was just so young at my at, at the point in life where it, like I did hesitate, and I never would ever push the limit by any means. I would just, of course, and obviously, I was I was well aware of who was driving. Who, um, yeah, yeah, and I think that's the important thing. Sort of like you know the responsibility that you need right. to take away from what happened. Yeah, but we all know here that like Josh would be the last one to say, "Hey, you should never drink again." Like, yeah, yeah. and you know, and um, and trust me, there, there's nothing else I'd ask for more in life than to just, you know, be throwing snowballs or water balloons off his of house yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. sipping on a couple of beer, you know, right? And uh, and and like you said, I just it changed big time and i know that um i did i i I got uh i guess hate mail you'd say from people and um and uh, people like what the fuck are you drinking what happened um, what are you doing a bit of that and like i got some stuff saying like um that accident took the wrong person you should have been the person to go like the way you're oh my god that fucking happened and like you know, it's Ugh. with the way you're acting and stuff like that. And, and, and at the time I didn't feel like, like this is when I was still on house arrest and I hadn't even had a sip of beer on house arrest minus the one I had mentioned with Josh on his birthday there. But, uh, you know, Jesus and, uh, Christ. and, you know, obviously I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, I'm going to rush into this, but I mean, at the same time, um, like you had said, we're rural city Saskatchewan yeah. and there isn't anything else to do. Not like you need booze to have fun, but like, but you do, but that, <laughs> but let's be honest. Here. And, but like, that's what we did when we got together with friends, like yeah. whether it's a birthday or a wedding, I think or, a lot of the world can relate to that. Whether yeah, you're in right. big city, New York or anything, it's yeah. a social thing. You know what, yeah. man? I want people to know that shit because, um, you know, and I have no sympathy for, uh, obviously I don't have a, 
a lot of sympathy for people who who make these catastrophic mistakes that take people's lives. But I want people out there to know that if you make a mistake and and it's something that you're willing to learn from and grow from and become a, a, a better person from, that that it's just it's important to you know it's important to know that you can grow from that horrible thing and that horrible tragedy that happened that you that, can that, that everyone can grow from that yeah experience that, that that it doesn't define you it's a situation in your life it happened it was awful it was brutal you move on and and, and you know what and you can be supported along the mm-hmm. way yeah right? because I, you made a mistake i i also think right. like it teaches us all a little something about situations or an accident that happens isn't always chalked up to a headline you know what i mean like because the headline of the accident with josh friend kills in an impaired driving accident yeah. is so much more deeper than right. that headline and i think that we all need to be a little more sensitive to these quote unquote headlines because there could be a story like this. Yeah. That that, that you don't see, right? Exactly. That right. you don't see that, oh my God, that guy just killed his best friend. Yeah. And that must be one of the most intense, one of the hardest things ever, despite the fact that you made a mistake and you were impaired. That has to be like, holy, that's like me driving with Frank right. and, and that happening would be the worst thing in my life but people might not ex- they might not see that they'll see a drunk guy driving hurting someone right. when in reality it, it's the hardest thing in my life like that would be that would be something that would change my life and to be able to come out of all of that and still smile and still be happy and, and amazing is is unreal i don't know how you do it <laughs> like, what would you say Lyndon, to somebody who may be going through this or has gone through it and who might be struggling what would your sort of advice be to them uh that's that's a tough one i uh do they make pills for that <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> mental teed man yeah. um i think <laughs> uh the the most advice i can give to someone is um don't give up don't uh don't let um stress and uh like you said the legalities of things take over you know there's a lot more to life than just um living in the shadows of of you know, your dark past and your bad mistakes, you, you can move forward. You can, you can still live a positive life. You just have to have a positive mind. You, um, again, surround yourself with the right people and, and life doesn't, it won't be hard. It's, it'll just be easy for you. And that's what makes it easy for me is just, constantly being surrounded by friends that I can shoot the shit with and laugh with. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was, it was really powerful. And I was talking to you about doing this episode and I, I asked you, you know, um, so like when it happened, I wanted the dates to be completely solidified. Obviously you want to make the, the episode right. legit. So you want to, 
you want to know like what dates did it happen I asked you and you and you told me the date and you're like I think it was that date but like man is it is it bad that that I don't um that I don't know exactly the date and and I just remember being like no because I think that it's a good thing that and I think that that's what Josh would want you know he would want to know that it doesn't have you in a stranglehold. It doesn't have right. you in a stranglehold. It's yeah. it's okay that to you had on. a day off or, or, or you know, right. you, you're like, I don't think about it every day yeah. because you don't have to think about yeah, it every it's, day. It's good. Right. That's the goal. But that's right, right? You, um, like, obviously, you don't forget the things. Like, we're talking about it now, and, of course, it's a bit hazy. It's been 13 years. Of course. Tell me what I did two weeks ago, and I barely remember, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> fucking no idea what I did two hours ago. Wait, right? what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's exactly it. It's just um, you uh, you got to move on. Yeah, you, man. There's... Um, I can't... Yeah. Dude, I pe- just want to say, like, like, I am so appreciative of you for having the courage to come here and tell your story. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't even have the courage to do that. And the fact that you like made everything work, you moved your schedule around to come hang out with us on a Friday and have the difficult conversations. Um, I think your this conversation may help a lot of people. And, uh, honestly, man, we're just so grateful for you to come here and, and share your story. So thanks dude. No, not. And, Love not a problem man. at all it's it was it was an honor to to do this with you guys i like Does, i mentioned before i i i've never actually um talked about this this openly and th- in this in detail and um not that i needed closure by any means it's just it's something nice to talk about it is and it's and and like you said it, it's nice to talk about and it's nice to that we've as friends and myself have moved forward we've mm-hmm. continued on and yeah, you have kids and a life to pass this on to now. Right, you know, and all this amazing shit that you went through that's yeah. intense that now you can you can be this incredible role model for a kid who is literally gonna grow up or kids who are gonna grow up in a world that can be really, really rough and really tough at sometimes and, and, and you being this amazing role model can show them that like, yeah, but you know, shit happens and you just fucking got to keep rolling man and i think it's amazing and and like incredible that you were able to tell your story it's amazing to even sit here for an hour and listen to this unbelievable inspiring story and you still smile at the the end of it and i love it man yeah okay so time for the blowjob now so we're gonna (laughs) let you guys go (laughs) thanks again for having me guys we love you man we love you dude thanks so much bro all right cheers Stay in chat, but my beers are